an exit If you blink you've gone too far We all get our news From the gal behind the bar It takes a village To raise this community And even if you don't go to church You say grace or give your thanks Before you eat This is us A small town in America And put simply We like things how they used to be We got one stop the bar closes at nine and we got an Exxon, you can't miss it, it's up there on the right. And this is home, we take care of our own. If you can't relate, get back on the interstate and go. Hi there friends and welcome back to another episode of Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town. Last week, it was so great to be back, not just actually producing the episodes and being back home, but knowing that there's another one coming next week and the week after that, and knowing that this show is back and off to the races. What a great way to kick off Jim and Charlene Longman in love since Chicken Charlie's. What a fun story, and I think one of my favorite parts is I heard from so many different members of the Longman family that they learned new stuff about mom and dad or grandma and grandpa by listening to that podcast that they had never heard before. I was so very happy to be able to share so much of their personal love story and their love story with the community of Climax Scots. Something else I was really happy about is after taking several months away after season one, thought, gosh, is there an audience? Are we going to kind of lose everybody? No, we, we gained some people, actually. Last week's show was listened to all over Michigan, in Texas, in Illinois, and it actually wasn't me in Illinois for a change. That was kind of refreshing. Wisconsin, Georgia, Oklahoma... There were even listeners in the Netherlands and Germany, and I'm not sure who you are, loyal Brussels, Germany listener, but in the analytics, I see you, and I appreciate you. Hopefully most of you who were back to the show were back because of the subscriptions that you have to whatever feed works for you. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and those are the primary ones. There's a lot of other ones. I'm not going to list them all. You can actually get to them at ClimaxThePodcast.com. Or you can actually just listen directly through ClimaxThePodcast.com. Something else that debuted over the weekend that hopefully a lot of you saw. If not, you can get to it through our YouTube channel. And again, that YouTube channel, easiest way to get to it, go to ClimaxThePodcast.com and click that YouTube button. But the second of several Climax Scott's Digital Network digital media creations debuted. The first installment of the See Us, CS series. This one was entitled Plenty of Hometown Values in Store, and this was a profile on the newly opened Climax Market. It's a new business in very familiar territory with a very familiar face. I got to go to the store for the first time. I got to talk to Sonny. I got to talk to the team. And this is a fun little video profile just letting people know not only is the business open, but it tours around the store a bit, shows you what's in the store, and Sonny talks about what more is coming down the pipeline. This is just the next step in kind of making that Channel 3-like entity that is specific to all of us here in the Climax Scots community. Per usual on Climax the Podcast, we are going to do the business up front. Climax the Podcast is a free show to listen, but it is not a free show to produce. And now as a new local business, Climax Scots Digital Network is elated to receive any and all financial support to continue to do what we do and grow. And a lot of wheels are moving on that growth part. If you go to our website, ClimaxThePodcast.com, you can make a direct donation. Or you can also support us by buying Climax the Podcast and Climax Scott's Digital Network merchandise. There's a throwback to an old school Climax t-shirt, a Climax the Good Life shirt with the cowl. You probably remember it from back in the day. It's a modern take on the Climax the Good Life tee. 
The weather has most definitely taken a turn for the cooler side in the last week or so. There's a brand new CSDN logo hoodie, and maybe my favorite, the Climax the Podcast mug. Start your day with a cup of your favorite hot beverage and a friendly reminder to listen to Climax the Podcast. Again, all of these things are available at ClimaxThePodcast.com. For the merchandise, just click the merchandise button. And Climax the Podcast would not be possible without the great support of our sponsors and our partners. First up, our original sponsor, Kristen Wachowski with State Farm. Kristen's office is on 20th Street in Battle Creek, right across the street from Ollie's and behind Chicago Title. Kristen's business is in Battle Creek, Michigan, but it could not have more ties and roots to the Climax Scots community. Kristen's a grad of CS, and she helps so many people, myself included, from in and around the community make sure that all of their insurance needs are met. And there are a lot of different reasons you may need insurance or you may need to reevaluate your insurance. I'll tell you, I've been through some pretty serious things in my life. I had a house fire back in 2015. And I'll tell you, if you don't have a really reliable insurance agent and team to help you with that, these situations can be even more nightmarish than they already are. No one ever really likes to think about insurance and when you need it, but you need to have it. And those hard-to-have grown-up conversations, Kristen and her team make this very, very easy. To set up your time to talk to Kristen or someone on her team, you can give her a call, 269-968-5130. Or you can visit her website, callkristen.com. That's callkristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N.com. And I'd like to welcome and thank a brand new sponsor to Climax the Podcast this week. That new sponsor is Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast. Eldred Homestead is located at 6378 South 44th Street. Of course, that's in Climax, Michigan. If you're listening a little further from Climax, 490340 is your zip code. If you take a moment to read the reviews on Airbnb.com or on their Facebook page, you're going to find everybody is just happy and they're really enamored with just the overall very unique mystique. And here's just a little bit about the Eldred Homestead. Step back into time. Allow yourself a chance to take a breath. Relax. Eldred Homestead was built in 1848 on the rolling hills of Kalamazoo County by the founder of Climax, Thomas Eldred. Climax is a small village located between the hustle and bustle of Kalamazoo and Battle Creek. A quiet rural community, Climax is unexpectedly rich in history. Ask about the first rural route, the International Harvester, and the Underground Railroad. And this is just scratching the surface of the amazing things about this property. I had a chance to stop by and talk to Chris. It's Chris and Rand that run the Eldred Homestead. Even just being there for a few minutes earlier this week, you could just feel the history and just the richness of the community just almost dripping from every point in the building. If you're listening to this from out of town and maybe need a place to stay the next time you are in town visiting family or friends, why not think about staying at Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast? You can find their listing on Airbnb.com, email them at eldredhomestead at gmail.com, or give a call to 269-808-8183. Climax the podcast would not be possible without the help and the access to the archives from Prairie Historical Society. Since 1984, documenting the history of Climax Scots and some of the surrounding areas, there's just so much to learn, and when I was there Tuesday this week, I just pulled out the folder for the Climax Telephone Company. I went down the rabbit hole and learned a whole lot that I just did not know about the roots and the longevity of Climax Telephone Company. That's just one of almost infinite amount of topics that you can dive into. PHS is open in the History Room at Lawrence Memorial Library in downtown Climax, Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., and Thursday evenings from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. 
For more information or to get in contact with Prairie Historical Society, there is a new Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Climax PHS. Or you can become a supporting member and get all of their newsletters for the year. That membership is just $15 for the year, and you can mail that payment to Prairie Historical Society, 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. And finally, Climax Scott's digital network is working in partnership and collaboration with Now Kalamazoo. You can find out a lot more about Now Kalamazoo at their website, nowkalamazoo.org. Just one little snippet from the missions and values from their website at nowkalamazoo.org. We believe that a free and independent press is essential to a healthy democracy, and we are committed to providing high-quality journalism that serves the public good. And Now Kalamazoo's newsletter is specifically tailored to what you are looking for for your local news. And just like that, the business is done. And now it's time to move on to this week's main event featuring the Pride of Scots organization. Who are they? What do they do? Where and how did they start? All this and a lot more is going to get answered in the main event of episode 13, A Matter of Pride with the Pride of Scots organization. Welcome to another edition of Climax the Podcast, but we have ventured to the neighboring town of Scotts, and I've always said it's called Climax the Podcast just because it's easier to say, but in my mind, Climax and Scotts will always be symbiotic, but also very uniquely different in a lot of ways. And this episode is entitled A Matter of Pride because I'm here with several members of the Pride of Scots. And first up, I'd like to introduce one of my four guests for this week, Jenny Hayward. Hi. Barb O'Connor. Hello. King Perkins. Hello. And Ron White. Hi. <laughs> we're all giving thumbs up on each other here. We've got two microphones and five people, but we're going to make this work for sure. Well, everyone, thank you for being on the show. I know I've been interacting a little bit with Barb trying to figure out how we could make this happen because we've definitely got some things we need to make the community aware of. But beyond that, just the history of Pride of Scots is very rich. And just moments ago, we were starting to talk about and then realized, wait, we should probably turn these microphones on. The origin of Pride of Scots predates the current incarnation by quite a bit. Am I right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And then, Ron, you were just mentioning uh, some ties to the JC's group or the actual starting. Yeah, we we had a, a, a Scots JC's that started, and I'm not sure what year that started, uh, somewhere in the early 80s. And we operated for several years as the Scots JCs, of course that's a national organization really, and then several of the members got to the age that you can't be a JC anymore, and so the Scots JCs kind of dispersed, but the members thought that they kind of liked what was going on, because we had several projects as the a, as a Scots JCs, and so we, had a couple of meetings getting together to try to uh, think of how to carry on or what to do, and so that's how we got started. As a, and I remember we was trying to after we decided that we wanted to try to do something as an organization or put together an organization that we didn't know what to call ourselves. So. 
but as I remember, and maybe Jenny can correct me if I'm, Ellie Mackin is the one that come up with the Pride of Scots. You're right. And so it just took off from there, and we just kept meeting and decided that we wanted to make it an organization that was registered, you might say, with the state and with the government, and so that's how we got started. And then I, that had to be in the mid-80s. Mid I was thinking it got started about the same time as the Historical Society and Climax because they founded in, I think, 1984, and I was thinking it might have been around that same time. I think it was close to that, but uh, I know I've got some stuff here that says that, that says 88 on it, so I know we was up and running at that time, and, we're, and uh, well, that, that was... Yeah, 88, that's when we was trying to raise funds to build this building, which was built in 88, or started in 88, and uh, finished it in, 80, in the spring of 89. Now, is this, I sometimes my geography of Scots gets a little thrown off, having grown up in Climax, but also having lived 200 miles from here for 20 plus years. Where was Union Hall, the old Union Hall in relation? That's what I thought, is it was a different site. Just two doors down. Mm -hmm. Okay. To so, the south. So Union Hall used to be kind of the place in town. Dances, yeah. plays, right. uh, different community things, graduation parties, probably several weddings or wedding receptions and <laughs> things over the years. Halloween parties and the whole Christmas parties and school plays were in there. And the proms. The Didn't they have the high school proms in there too? I, oh yeah, dances and yeah, uh, yeah. and that was uh, if you notice when you leave, it just, like Jenny says, it's just two doors next to us, and the flagpole is there where where our flag for this is is, and that's that's where the old Union Hall was. And I think that was boy, I could look through there. And, Ron, tell them why we build on this versus there. Well, we went to the people that owned that. Some some people, and I can't remember their name, I could scrounge it out, but I guess it doesn't matter, owned that lot. And we, we decided that if we could get them to donate that lot to us, that would be a place to start building. But that lot is sloped a little bit, and we'd have had to haul in some fill to make it level. Well, in the meantime, Michigan Bell telephoned on these two lots where they are now in this lot, and we went to them and asked them if they would consider trading us lots. They said, no, we don't want to trade you, but we'll give you this one too also and the people that we owned the other one too also donated that to us we just had to pay the fees to get the title switched. sure this title stickers yeah. or whatever they got to put on it and so that's and and that made quite a lot of difference because this this lot was level no no excavating other than 
just normal. And so that's how that came about. Well, and that's great because that adds so much expense when you're looking at building a property, oh, just yeah. not just getting the earth in here and then the people to engineer that. That probably saved a whole lot of money right off the top just before breaking ground. And, and all these lots along here are the same size, 66 by 132. And so that's, that's how we ended up with this lot and why we ended up with this lot. And we're grateful to everybody that was involved. Of course, after we decided that we wanted to build here, then raising the money was something else. So anyway, that's how it started. But we had a lot of community support. Clarence Miller was a excavator and we had a lot of community support that saved us a bundle of money. And Clarence did all our excavating and he did the driveway and he donated the gravel and whatever had to be brought in. And yeah. so we had tremendous community support. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Jenny. Well, and that's just one thing that it's been a common theme on this podcast from the first season or now that we've relaunched and we're doing the regular weekly episodes is just how important those community ties are, whether it's the football field at Climax oh, Scott's wow. High School, the Pride of Scott's Community Center, and gosh, how many things could each of us, we could probably do an hour just naming things that we know of in our lifetime that wouldn't have happened without the support of the community. We started out about 40 members strong. We had the JCs as our base and then we built from that and we had a whole lot of people and a lot of these people were very talented people the cement work that was done in the rocks and stuff was done by gene davis mm -hmm. who was one of our members but where i was getting to is ron and i are the last um well, charter members i was yeah. going to going to get last to that two was... charter <laughs> members yeah who are some of the other charters besides the two of you i don't uh, say well, we're gonna name all 40 but who are some of those marquee names folks will probably recognize? We had Bob and Joyce Weatherall. We also had Ward Ney, who was mm -hmm. a engineer at Upjohns. He was a member in the early days, Jim Pullman. And we had Ken and Belinda Slager, Ron Renee, Claire and Gertrude Ben Avery, uh, Ellie Mackin, Mark Hansen, David Nancy Hayward, and there was Tom and PJ Curl. He was our cook at the time. And Bob and Judy Stinnett lived down here, and Bob or Judy and I did luncheons for seniors uh, quite a lot, and because Barb's mother Gertrude encouraged us, and um, we had uh, Roy Bontrager who was involved, mm -hmm. um, Clarence Miller was involved. Who else, Ron? Ken and Belinda Slaker. I don't know. You've done a good job that, Jenny. I couldn't even think of some of them. I'd just like to recognize that the whole team here at Pride of that Scots has more, like, so many more notes, and I've got, like, four names and some ticket prices on my notes. For well, that, that was one thing that I wanted to be sure that people knew. There were We were 40 strong at one time. Right. And I've got somewhere there's a paper that Barb has been asking me to find and I have not found it yet. But there's a paper that gives a picture of the Pride of Scots building on it and then all the members and at one of our celebrations we had that but someday. <laughs> yeah. Someday we'll find it. Someday yeah. you'll open a random drawer or cabinet someplace and go, Oh hey, look at this. Now I see back on some of my notes here that even as early as June 
1987, you guys were doing stuff, and at that time, it's like a railroad ties project? Mm -hmm. That's what Ron, Ron was a little late in his days. We started out because we met to begin with down at the fire station. Okay, got it. And you. we had our meetings in the yeah. fire station. And we, uh, the biggest project we had, they were putting new ties down. So we had old ties. And then Ron was very instrumental in that. In fact, if you saw Ron coming, you wanted to run and hide. <laughs> <laughs> and we, they found places, landscape places, and mm -hmm. different outfits to sell them to. And they, and these guys, when they, the railroad throws them down the side, mm -hmm. these guys went, these guys went and picked all those ties up, dragged them up there, loaded them on a truck and sent down the road. And, and thought nothing of it. No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Those Virgil, were the days, my friend. Virgil Ronkin was very big yep, in yep. the beginning, too, because he and my husband, Dale, and Ron, and some of them cleaned. We did all our floor surfacing at one time ourselves. Yeah. I remember just in different things, I was here in my youth, though the building was open and uh, you know eligible for community center events, there was definitely a lot of evolution of the building over the years. In fact, I'm looking forward to, at some point, walking into the community center because the last time I was in this building was probably for Sarah and Jason Lawrence's wedding reception. And their oldest of four children is a junior in high school this year. So that was probably quite some time ago. And I, I mean, just this lobby, I, I mean, I barely recognize the place outside of the, I clearly walked through the exterior door, but just the fact that it's always been an ongoing project of love and always work, but always at that center of, it, it's not like Rich Uncle Moneybags is coming in here in his top hat and monocle and throwing money at a, a major construction conglomerate or something. It's just folks rolling up their sleeves and, and doing the work. The last few years, and Barb will attest to this, the last few years we have not had many members. And so we were getting quite concerned because we're not spring chickens anymore, so this was a concern to us. And we were so thrilled when King and a number of other ones have come in. And I have a very good feeling now that the love for this community and for this building will carry on. You know, that, that brings up a great point. I was hoping to ask everyone kind of what was your why for joining Pride of Scots, but King, you and I are a, a bit of a different generation at the table. So first off, let, so King, what are your ties to the community? Are you a lifelong Scotsy? Or well, what? I've been around here my whole life. Me and my dad own Perkins Tire down on the corner, tire shop. So I've been here my whole life around this area. Um, I think growing up, I really look forward to the parade and everything that Ron did in July and always liked that as a kid and always thought it was a fun time and fun time for the community. So I thought, well, you know, Ron's going to get older someday, like it or not, somebody's going to have to take it over. So in 2019, I kind of started helping him along the ways of what needed to be done and stuff and helped do that. and. Then 2020, we had COVID, but I decided we were still going to have a parade, good or bad. I don't know. It was something to do. There wasn't much to do. We had a pretty good turnout for what was going on. There was no garage sales, um, just kind of low-key, but we had something for the community and the kids, and 
I was happy with it and we've took it and we've grew, grew on it every year. So and we've added some other stuff. So pretty much just want to keep it going. You know, I think the parade is a very good thing for the community, for the kids, for the adults, for the businesses in town, you know, the restaurant, the ice cream shop, you know, I think it's good for that weekend to bring them income and just want to keep the town what it was. So that was my whole thing behind it. Well, it's such a great way to encourage a lot of contributions to local groups or local businesses without making everything a, we're here to raise funds for this yeah. group or that group. Because though there's a lot of that, and I'm not even remotely trying to throw a rock at you know, the fact that that happens a lot in these smaller communities, but when you do something like that, almost everyone can get a little piece of the pie without making it a burden. Because if you make a family outing, hey, we're going to go to insert community event here, well, you're probably going to need to eat something. Yeah. You're probably going to need to get a drink, or you may think of a couple things you need to buy at the store before you go home. Yeah. And that's just so important to little communities, those big events that bring not just the people of town and kind of gets almost all the little prairie dogs come out of their burrows, even if they don't come out so often. <laughs> but it's also a reason for those out-of-town folks to come back, too. When you think of you know Scott's Days in July, when you think of Founders Day and Climax, always around Memorial Day, those are great big deals. Yeah. And the fire department, they really stepped up and they're helping out. You know, they've helped big times with that. They always have, but they've really stepped up these last, I don't know, three years. They've had some little events down there, showed off their new fire station. So it's just kind of a whole town. You know, it's not just about us. And that's that's what I like about it. You know, it's not, you know, we're doing it too to show the community center and hopefully potentially get people's awareness of this. But we also want to help out the other people in town that help us, you know. Yeah. So it's a community-based event is what I call it. So. Yeah, and King has uh, kind of expanded on the uh, <coughs> parade and stuff, and and uh, now he's added a car show after the parade, and uh, that's been uh, a big hit. People that uh, put their cars in the parade, they don't want to just go home right away, so they... Put, it, put their car in the car shows and people can look them over more than just seeing them go by. So that's been successful too. So, uh, and then you, we've kind of added a little kitty show, not a, not a show, but uh, for the kid, uh, bouncy house. Yep, bouncy house <laughs> for the kids. And oh, we've really, We've made it a little bit bigger, and I think we have plans of continuing to grow it a little bit. We want to entertain the younger generation because that's how we want to get them involved here. So that's our plan anyways. So Chicken dinner, I yep, think. Yep, chicken dinner was really good. Yeah, I mean, I think we sold 150 chicken dinners. And Years ago when we had more members and we were very strong, we held a lot of, we, we every year held at least one or two dinners. Yeah. In, in here, and they were very successful. Like I said, Tommy Krill and some of the guys used to cook, and, and it was very, very well received, and people looked forward to it. Last year, when we had, well, her mother, Gertrude Van Avery, for years did a fall uh, turkey dinner for Thanksgiving, and she did it for years and years, and it was awesome. It was, everybody contributed, and it was awesome. Last year, but Gertrude didn't have it, what we didn't have it the last two or three years, did we? No. So last year we did our, our fall dinner, and people were thrilled, weren't they, Barb? 
much. They were so excited to see, oh, we'll be back, we'll be back. They were so excited to see that happening again. And now that we're getting more members, and we have a lot of people, we have several people that are not members, but are friends of the Pride of Scots that come in and help us. Sure. Yeah. The lasagna dinner last year was so successful. <laughs> we had people streaming out the door and we were out of food. So this year, Cindy's going to make up an additional 50 dinners. So there'll be 200 dinners all together. So nobody's going to go hungry. It's the happiest problem to have when you're having an event like that. Yeah. Well, no one wants to turn away business, but knowing that, okay, we can make this bigger, faster, and stronger the next time it comes around. Of course, we when we did them in the old days, we run out of food sometimes too. Yeah. And of course, you're planning as members to eat your supper when it's over with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And that. that's what happened to us last year, yeah. you know. You're getting the last couple scrapes at the bottom of the gravy. <laughs> we didn't even get we didn't those. So there wasn't even that. No, it was good. But it's, over it's, good. it's thrilling to see because the people in Scott's are really jumping on board, aren't they, Barb? You know, a lot of them don't, people don't like to go to meetings. So they don't like to go to meetings. So we're trying to tell them that they can put their input in and we'll, you know, take it under consideration of what we can do and what we can't do. But we're getting a lot of help with our dinners and different stuff. One of the, to me, and this can be elated, I don't care, but <laughs> one of the biggest things that I've, I've enjoyed and we all have is uh, Hugh Swagger's girls and Tom and Mary Bleeker's boys, I mean, they are right here, and they are so much help. I mean, I, last year when they did the, we did the dinner, those young girls of his ran up and down for the people for the bucket raffle thing, and when we did our open house, when we did our open house, we didn't think about asking them, and here come three of the little girls across <laughs> the field to come and help. <laughs> I, that's awesome. Yeah, they're willing to help with anything, really. I mean, yes. Donna's over here doing yard work. The boys will come over and make sure she needs help with anything. So they're definitely part of the community, and it feels good to have them around. Well, it's always good to have that family connection with Swaggers alone because at any time that could be about 50 laborers. Yeah. In parts, <laughs> yeah. right? years, years ago when Vic was alive and the boys were all younger, my husband and I might need some help with something. So I'd stop uptown and I'd say, Vic, I need somebody to help me load something or whatever. And he'd, he'd holler out the door out of the little garage. The boys had kind of a, uh, something going yeah, on in there. Yeah, they had the shack, shack, the shack yeah. out back. Oh, yep. shack out back. And, and he'd holler and out would come a couple of boys, go with Mrs. Hayward. <laughs> and no questions asked either. No, never. Vic did the library. That's We didn't mm -hmm. think about oh, that. Yeah, Vic right. did the library I for years. Yeah, right I had two, Ron. Yeah, right here. He did that for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. He ran the library in here. I mean, gosh, when I think of Scots and community, I mean, the names Vic and Catherine Swagger shoot right up to the top of my brain. Oh, God yeah. Rest both their souls at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, but just such impact on the community in so many ways like that. And I want to talk a little bit more about the impact of Pride of Scots and the community center because I think a lot of folks out there, especially you know on that climax side of the corner, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know that there's much of an understanding of what Pride of Scots is other than a couple of words that precede community center. So what are some of the things that Pride of Scots does 
for the town and for the people of town, even beyond just, hey, here's a building where we can have local events and things. Well, of course, we've cleaned up a lot of uh, uh, places, an old rickety building down here on the corner. We tore that down and uh, cleaned that lot up. And then, and then of course, we was uh, planting flowers and stuff, mainly along this road here, but uh, uh, somewhere, uh, you know, somewhere along there that we took care of the, the uh, landscape around here, but uh, I was trying to think of something else we do on a regular basis. We've got the banners up along oh, the, yeah. the main street and down the side street. Uh, beyond that, the the center is used by the 4-H, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts. Tractor Club. Yeah. They use it. The Tractor Club, Club was at one time very active with us on our uh, Scots Day. Yeah. They have their event down there, or did have. They had their yep. event down there the same day, and it was kind of cool. But they come in all the time, too. Yeah, that's where the parade would end up, is down there at County Park. So. And Donna has, has, has done, as of late in the last couple of years, done quite a little bit as far as uh, businesses will come in and use this for their meetings or their luncheons or, you know, they have had things catered in here. And they've come into this room just to use them. She's promoted that a lot. And then we got the food distribution every Thursday here. Did they changed the times they, on that. No, they? the times are still the same, 1.30 to 4.30. Okay. But they changed it to Thursday. Thursday. But I think that benefits the community. There's quite a few people that depend or, you know, get that food, and it helps out with the prices of everything right now. Yeah. Just everything. I think that we started that during COVID, didn't we, during yeah. the 2020 era there? And that's continued on and that's been strong I mean there's a lot of people regulars that get their stuff here every week so the nice part about that is a lot of times we have tried Barb and I in particular have tried to find families that needed help and we've gone to the school and asked the school but a lot of people won't ask for help yeah, yeah. and that's what's nice about this yep they can come, come up and there's a whole bunch of food and they aren't feeling, but yet it takes it a little bit of it off from their weekly expenses. So, yeah. well, it's such a, a hard thing too that I mean, we can all name several different families over the times of our lives in and around this community where there there is a big amount of pride, but there's also the good part and sometimes the not as great part of basically everyone knows all your business almost all the time and I think for some folks that could be the hesitation of maybe not wanting everyone to know that we're we're having a struggle whether it's with income a loss of a job a hardship in the family and there's one hand where you understand the want to kind of keep that private but on the other it's gosh how many people would come out of the woodwork to help if they only knew because the communities of Climax and Scotts have always been a share the wealth kind of yeah. community. It's not like we're all, you know, again, we're not all rich uncle money bags or anything like that. But there's always been that consistent. If, if somebody needs help, there's folks there to help. Whether that may be you know, through food donations, whether that be through coordinating an event of some kind where it's a fun, it's an evening out or something for everyone to do. So it doesn't necessarily feel like a, a charitable 
kind of thing, even though almost all the events are some form of local charity here. Yes. Well, my sister-in-law just had the opportunity. Her son uh, is remarrying and had the opportunity to the uh, one household of goods and stuff. So she had a whole bunch of stuff parked in her garage and whatever, and she brought a lot of the stuff up here for, you know, people just to have. You know, it was good stuff, so she would bring pots and pans and dishes and stuff up here. And uh, on the day that they have the food giveaway, and I thought that was awesome. We always wanted to do a, didn't we, Ron, for the fire, you know, when people burn out, we wanted to have a place that they could, you know, we could put stuff to sure. store things for fires, but that didn't work out just because we, you know, it was too hard to do, you know. Yeah, and another one that we do for the community is if anybody in the community has a memorial service, they get to use this building of no charge for their service as long as we have an opening most of the time during the week because our weekends are rentals and that's where we make our money to keep this place going. So it's kind of hard for us to give a, you know, a weekend away for a memorial, but we tell people during the week, you know, if you've been in the community or whatever, you're more than welcome to use this place as a for your memorial service or whatever. So that's another community, you know, for the community. That's something we do to try to help out. That's never a good time, but we just try to help out where we can, you know, and that's something that is very much appreciated. We get lots of thank you cards and thank yous and talked about for what we do there. So that's a good thing. You know, you was asking what we do as far as, uh, you know, around the community itself. Let's see it to improve this parking lot out here and expand, expand the parking lot and uh, clean up that area south of us here. See, we tore down one, two, three, three buildings, three houses, and then where the old Union Hall sat, that lot, uh, uh, lot was leveled off but it wasn't nice you know and we had to so just around this whole area right here we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort tearing down old buildings and just cleaning up this area itself one that's so additionally important because every municipality can be a little bit different but correct me if i'm wrong but there really isn't any particular local government with Scotts, right? It's pretty much Pride of Scotts takes yeah. care of anything where normally maybe a, uh, so we basically have a private organization doing a lot of things as opposed just, to elected officials and pools of tax money and things like yeah, that. It's just, you know, the, the, this Pavilion Township and that's the regulations we go by from, from Pavilion Township and they've always been real supportive of us too. Now to segue a little bit to, um, well, not quite meat, literal meat and potatoes, but darn close to it, is one of the reasons I know Barb and I started talking about doing this podcast is we've got a pretty big event, actually probably the biggest event of the year for Pride of Scots, and we were talking a little bit about the popularity of last fall, and now we have the return of a little bit of a, should we call it a supper, should we call it a dinner? It's been called a community dinner. It's a fundraising event. 
but like I said at the last meeting, any event we have that doesn't lose money is a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we go for that to help. But this is a lasagna supper. Um, runs from 5 to 7 p.m. on October 21st. Adults $15, children's plates are $8. And right after the dinner is when we start our bucket raffles in a 50-50 raffle. And that, that whole thing last year was a really great success and we're hoping for that again this year. There's a lot of items already accumulated for the different raffles, a variety of different stuff, so. Like Barb said, it's our one of our major fundraisers, but even more so, the community coming together. You know, that's what, just like Barb said, if we don't make any money, the people got to come out and see each other and do things that usually aren't done. I remember last year when we ran out of food, some of the people came and they was uh, disappointed, but they were happy that, you know, it was. And they left money even though they didn't eat as they walked out the door. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of neat. We were a little guilt ridden. <laughs> <laughs> well, even just if if I'm somebody who didn't even have ties to this community, I mean, just looking at adults fifteen dollars, I cannot even get in and out of a local chain sandwich oh. store. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I quite yeah. literally yesterday had McDonald's just a sandwich chips and a drink. Out. Yeah. I can't get out of a fast food establishment for under like seventeen, eighteen dollars yeah. these days. You won't be disappointed with the dig in food. They're the best. Oh, especially yeah. for our catering and they they do great. There's people that come because they know it's gonna be good. Well, just the local tie there. Yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the Simmons family business. Yeah, oh. and Cindy, some Cindy, puts it on for us, and we cater it, and and we pay pay her. But she also has donated a lot of her time and a lot of her money into the Pride of Scotts for events. So yep, she brings family members with her to help, yep. and they help, and it, it's just a big community event that not just members are part of, there's people that aren't members that do a lot for that event, so. Cindy and Scott were members of Pride of Scots and we lost them when they opened Dig In, but that was a good thing. Did we lost them? No, <laughs> Dig In. That ties back to the, sometimes you may not have somebody who's a direct member, but you, all, you may have folks who are just part of that community that you can set your watch by in terms of yeah. What right, they can do to right. help you we and do. what they can still do to help the community. Well, like last year, her daughter came in, and then her, her little granddaughter came in, and they just was a bustling around here. Yep. Yeah, I think they've helped us with every fundraiser. They help us with the open oh, house, yeah. making little goodies, and I mean, our chicken dinner there and at the parade, they did all that. So yeah. it's nice to have people on board like that to help out. It makes it easier on us few members that are here. So. And we're hoping that we are going to be able, at some point, include the people from the cafe when they get their, when they know, when when they're more comfortable in their situation, maybe we can work them in some way. Yeah, and they're just starting out, and I know right now they're trying to find some more staff because I believe they're still only open breakfast and lunch right now because they don't want to spread themselves too thin. Mm -hmm. And starting any business is yeah. not a new venture, and gosh, they haven't even been open a month yet. 
No, I don't no. think, or maybe just about a month right yeah, now. Yeah, they look busy though, so that's that's wonderful for them, and it's wonderful for the town too, community. Gosh, the time I went in there, they had the place was like packed to the gills. They had yep. the entire CS football team. They'd been, I think, to the elementary school to talk to the kids that morning. So you had the quite literally the entire football team and. I'll tell you, I was there for a little uh, meeting with some a friend from now Kalamazoo who's trying to help out with getting some of the small town news out there too, and I think we got the last table in the joint, so I was really <laughs> glad we got there when we did. Yeah. No, I haven't been in there yet, but it's something to say about Scotts. Uh, everybody that's been in there says that the people in there are working really hard. Like you're saying, they're short-staffed and anything, and I think that goes with everything around, not just Scotts Climax too, but everybody's hard workers. Yeah. You know, that's that goes a long ways. So. They got good things coming for them. I think it's going to be good for the community, and I really hope we can work with them for events down here. Well, how's that make you guys feel? I mean, you're the pride of Scott's organization. Now we've got you know a longtime community business. We lost it for about what ten, nine, eight, nine months, something like that. Yeah. Front half of the year, anyway. Yeah. yeah yep. And then now it's okay. We have another new business mm -hmm. here and we've still got scooters in fact cindy bristles and i've been kind of doing some phone tag trying to find a time when she and i can sit down and talk about the history of scooters a bit mm -hmm. and trying to highlight a little bit more of the the businesses and the people in the community of scotts that's got to feel good knowing there's one more business and a little bit of new here because we talked about the your parade and now that is growing and looking at on the climax side of the coin memorial day has grown quite a bit in the last mm -hmm. uh two years or so and to me, especially when I was still 200 miles away, but now being back, seeing that growth gives me a lot of hope because, like, I remember being a kid, those Scots days, like, those were things that were a big deal. Yeah. So those yeah. events in Scots, the events in Climax, you describe it to city folk, they may go, what? And the, yeah. They, they don't get it. Yeah. Unless you've been here. Yeah. And you just know it is home. Yeah. It's a feeling in your heart. It, it's just a, a warm feeling you can't really describe unless you've been here. But hearing that there's more of that, and even just seeing King at the table here with us, and uh, I don't know if we want to call it a youth movement or what we want to call it, yeah. but I feel like we kind of went through about a 20-year run where a lot of those community things in the smaller towns became a little bit less or less or a little bit uh, <laughs> less involved. But now I think we're hopefully starting to see a little bit of a, a resurgence in yeah. some of that where... Now, when I say youth, I mean, God, I'm at the table at 43 years old, and I'm now the youngest member of Prairie Historical <laughs> Society. <laughs> but similarly, my folks and Sharon Gasser and the folks that are keeping PHS going, they are also in the not spring chickens category that we talked yeah. about earlier and hoping to drum up some more interest in keeping these things going because this is what keeps these towns going. Yeah. Well, one of the one of our newer members that come in about the same time that King did is um, probably, what, in her 60s? Anyway, she brought back some memories. She, yeah, she's probably close to 60, uh, Lisa. So, yeah. And she brought back some memories to us when uh, we were talking about the day to remember. And it was from things that she had remembered and kind of jogged mine, Ron's mind a little bit on what we had done prior to for our before we had this, we would be, have it over at the school. And uh, in the process, she was very, you know, was very excited. And Vic Swagger used to have a snow cone machine. And so she hunted up the snow cone machine. And uh, the Carl. one. 
No, Her. the one in Climax. Oh, yeah. Hugh. Yeah. Hugh. No, Luke. That'd be, yeah. I yeah, don't know Luke, anyway, the one in Climax, he had it, and his wife got it ready, and they brought it back here, and Carl. Carl ran it. Carl, one of his sons, ran it. That so that day. was that was awesome. I know? saw the, a picture of that. I think maybe in the uh, in the crescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the headline. And yeah, that was really cool. That so. that threw me way way back because that was always I want, I'm pretty sure it was a last day of school at the elementary school. Yes, Vic yeah, would he set did. Up and do yep. the snow cones. Yeah, basically a day of school that's almost only recess and snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> like, heck, I'd go for that right now if it was going on across the street. <laughs> exactly. Like, heck, with lunch, I'm going to have a snow cone here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, One thing we touched on very briefly before we turn the microphones on, and I really want to dive in more, uh, especially with a lot of episodes in the coming weeks of this podcast delving into uh, the veterans of the Climax and Scott's communities and some of their stories. There's a lot of Pride of Scott's involvement in some military projects, and I'd love to have our listeners learn a little bit more about what that looks like throughout the year as you do it. Well, the only thing that uh, we've done is, like I say, for, and I don't know how many years we did it, and I can't even think of the gentleman's name that lived over here that started that. uh, Bill Snyder. Yeah. Bill and Monty Snyder. Started that, uh, and and we've just continued it, like I say, for twice a year. We do it in June, and then we do it in December. And uh, what we did was anybody that we knew that uh, that had somebody in the military to give us their name and address and we'd uh, and we'd send them a care package uh, two times a year and uh, so that's that's how it started and that's you know and it's still going yet today and like I say, we've had as many as 35 care packages uh, going out, but uh, you know, we we try to keep it in the Climax, Scotts, Vicksburg area. Rather, I mean, you could go all over and get a million of them if you want to, but you had to. But we tried to stay in that area and uh, and have been uh, had a lot of in fact. I don't know, is that, I think there's a picture in there of, uh, you know, people that have received uh, received it and sent a thank you back to us. And so, you know, they've been appreciative of it too. The one thing that we have is, Ron and I talked about it when we walked in here together. We're the oldest members that there are. For, you know, the Scots were also the oldest generation now, too. And a lot of our veterans have passed on. Yeah. And the only way we can pick up any vet- veterans or know the vets for sure would be through the Legion and that served over here from Scots. Mm-hmm. There are some younger ones, you know, that not like Adam Swagger mm-hmm. was absolutely, and probably some other ones that I don't know, younger ones that have come in that served in the surface service and some of them in the war. Yep, even just in the Swagger lineage, Jordan Roberts. Uh, yeah. I know. Was There's a guy him. here that's uh, just um, uh, north of town here, um, Eldred, Rich Eldred. And I know he was in Viet. He was in Vietnam, and there are a few of those around that if we could, you know, 
but he's the only one I can I can think of. But a lot of the people, we don't know the names and stuff anymore. When you speak of military, thinking way, way back, the Grand Army of the Revolution, G-A-R, had their local headquarters in the old Union Hall. And we have a, a plaque and, and flag and stone out there by where that close to where that used to be to commemorate that that we put in a few uh, years ago. G-A-R, Grand Army of the Republic, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that. I honestly never knew that until just this moment. I just knew Union Hall was kind of the place to be in town if you want <laughs> yeah. to dancing. But they, uh, I, I think they're the ones that built the hall. I think so, The Grand yeah. Army of the Republic, that G-A-R is the one that built the Union Hall. And uh, I really don't know what year that was. If I dug deep enough, I'd probably find it somewhere. But, you know, they, uh, and that's what started as, you know, they, you might say that's what started the Pride of Scots because that's kind of what we took off from, the old Union Hall and the Scots JCs and, just continued on digging around. <laughs> now, we've talked quite a bit about membership numbers here. Now, uh, maybe a two-part question. One would be, how does one become a member of Pride of Scots? Just be willing to be a member of Pride of Scots and... There's no fee. I think we used to say that you had to, we didn't want, a bunch of them coming in at one meeting and taking over. We, and at sure. one time we said you had to have to attend three meetings or three work days, and then after that you remember. Well, I think we did it. I thought it was six, but anyway, whatever number it was, and just like Ron said, that was why we did it that way. You had to attend three meetings or six events. Mm -hmm. in order to make the combination so that our concern was that somebody didn't get upset about something and come in and try and take it over. Yeah. And that's in our bylaws. In our yeah, before yeah. you know it, one person came one time and just took up 90 minutes of everyone's time, and we didn't even talk about what we had on the agenda. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's different ways that people can donate to Pride of Scots as well. Now we've got a P.O. box. Do you guys accept uh, like check donations through the P.O. box? Yes, definitely. Then we have a memorial fund uh, that we have set up, and then if you know your name can appear on that that memorial plaque over there, if you have a loved one and and the uh, you want them to have the donations to come to the Pride of Scots, then we'll put their name on that. And then the, then the donations that come in at the time of their funeral, uh, they, they, they give it to us or pawn it off to, to our side. And we, then it goes in our treasury. And then we save it for something particular that we want, you know, we're, every now and then we can come up with something, can't we? That yeah, we have a memorial fund. And it goes into that, and sometimes whether, like this sign out here, this uh, I think that was donated through money from the memorial fund. That sign 
has gone through several iterations of upgrades mm -hmm. to the point where it is now. And I know my mom donated quite a bit to, mm -hmm. to get it to the electronic sign. Yeah. And I, I get the pleasure of updating it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And originally, Lee Gibbs made the sign that sat mm -hmm. out in front. Mm -hmm. Our first sign that we had mm -hmm. out in front, Lee Gibbs made it yeah. from his sawmill down here. Then the original ones were the letter by letter, do it yeah. by hand. Oh, right. yeah. my goodness, yes. <laughs> you and get then, it almost all the way done and then realize, I'm out of O's. <laughs> <laughs> And then I think the one just before this one was enclosed and and locked so that we couldn't have somebody come and switch the letters. <laughs> before you know it, you got a naughty word on the marquee. Yeah. Yeah. Kids these days. You know? Other signs we've got <clears throat> are on the north and south ends of town that say, Welcome to Scott's. And our original ones looked really cool. And all of a sudden, there was big holes in the one at the north end of town. And to begin with, we thought somebody had taken a shotgun to it or something. And we found out it was woodpeckers. <laughs> so they, Very on brand for the yeah. community. <laughs> so they have been replaced now with metal signs. And the original ones that, that were there have been moved to the uh, east and west sides of town. And just to make sure everybody knows, uh, in terms of making donations or getting in contact with Pride of Scots, I'll recap this after the interview portion on the post-production end of Climax, the podcast. But you can contact Pride of Scots at their P.O. Box. That's P.O. Box 159, Scots, Michigan, 49088. And then we also have a website, prideofscots.org. I'd love to find out a little bit more about the website. I don't know that I knew that you guys had a website until you said it about 45 minutes ago. But what kind of things can folks expect to find on the website? Um, events that are happening, just general information about the Pride of Scots. Contact information. Con yeah, for contact. The board members, if you want sometimes, to call them directly. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they post pictures. Yeah. of maybe a wedding or an event that happened here. They'll post pictures maybe of it. Um, Darcy Soul is the one that's the one that's doing our web page, isn't she? No, she's doing the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Oh, the Facebook page. You're doing the web page? No. Robin's um oh, her yeah. name is Lauren. Right. From Lauren from Luna church. from yeah. church is doing the website. Oh, yeah, okay. we just tell her what we want on there. Oh, the okay. That's the way to do a website, I'll mm -hmm. tell you. Have someone else to do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we want to get a calendar on there. So, like, if you wanted to rent this place, you would be able to go there and be like, I want it for the 16th of this month. And you would be able to click on it and see if at this time it was open. But that's farther down the road. Yeah. But eventually, we'd like to do that to kind of simplify it because Donna does a lot of running back and forth to show this place and meet with renters and stuff. So, we want to try to simplify that as she gets to just make it easier on everybody and then you would know if it's open the day you want to use it to save the call or you need to look for a different day so we're looking to use the technology to make it a little easier on all of us yeah like we have around here for other things but it's yeah. a son of a gun getting it off the ground but once it's there yeah, it's pretty it's, much on autopilot so nice, so. for years barb was the only techie one that we had in the organization <laughs> for years and years now with some of these younger ones now Barb is getting a little bit of support, not from Ron and I. <laughs> we can't even get Ron to open up his email. 
you know, I think that uh, oh. speaking of Donna, she needs to be mentioned here because she sure does a good job of showing this place, you know, when uh, somebody wants to look at it to see and to see what dates are available. And she takes care of some of the flowers out here in front and she does a really nice job of that. So she, uh, Donna Budden, and uh, so we really appreciate her effort all the time. I think someday she's up here more than she is at home. I think so. Goodbye, but she really puts her heart into it and does a very good job with it, and we appreciate it. But speaking of the flowers, it started out that Donna and Nancy Hayward yeah. did the flowers, and the flowers are all donated. The flowers are donated by a greenhouse over on, on Kilgore. Uh, Kilgore Road. They've been, they are so awesome. What was really cool this year, the first baskets that came out didn't look real good, but we didn't complain, not at all. The lady that donates them to us come by and saw them, and she was appalled, you know, because they just weren't doing what she thought they should do. Down they came, and over she come <laughs> with new flowers. But they, they're awesome people, and they have sold their house, and they've moved, but they've only moved this far down the road from where they were this far down the road. They're north now toward Galesburg, and they were oh. south before, so I we still have I can't think of their name, and I can't think of the name of the greenhouse either. It's a great big one right there on Kilgore Road. Yeah, it's big, you know. And Avenue. I think Maybe. it's a Great Lakes Greenhouse. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yep, because I have to do some work But they've them. been very, very, yeah. very good, very community-minded, very supportive. I think they've come to our uh, dinners. I think oh, yeah. they were here last fall for our dinner. and So, yeah, they're big supporters of it. We had a lot of local people that were very, very instrumental in helping us get our floor down. So that was awesome. When you say the word support, it it reminds me that we've had a lot of support through grants also. Yes. Vicksburg Foundation has always been a huge supporter for us. We've had help from the Kalamazoo Foundation. Gilmore, Gilmore Foundation. Gilmore Foundation. Years ago. Years ago, yeah. Things have changed in how their donations work. But we have done so much to upgrade this place, even since I've been around. I think when I joined, the walls in the back room were still just the... What particle board? Particle board, yeah. Paint that the particle. last time I saw this building, that's what they were. That's yeah. not what the they are anymore. There's no. one of our original requests <laughs> for uh, for donation, and then the check stub on the back there. I might, uh, if you guys don't mind, I might take a picture of this and put it on our Facebook page and things when we're saying, "Hey, it's the Pride of Scotts episode." Which is um, weird to say on the podcast because that will already have happened by the time anyone's listening to this. <laughs> and Jolene, Jolene White's name is on there right here because she was she was the secretary to one of the big wheels at Upjohn. Then Ward Nay that we mentioned earlier, he he was also Upjohns, and so they were one of our first. They were one of our first supporters, and they donated the sink. The refrigerator and the stove originally they donated those and then ward was involved with um the cancer people what do i mean 
the cancer society the uh yeah it isn't the cancer society but um anyway that organization downtown and when they moved from downtown and into their bigger facility they gave us these tables and we gave us the chairs oh. and they were very instrumental oh shoot ron what was that ward nay was a member down there too when even going back to what we were referencing some of those first donations for the younger listeners i may have to connect some dots here uh, yeah. what you've probably seen on facebook ron shared the donation came from up john but to come through the years up john became pharmacia up john became i think just pharmacia pfizer today yeah, so right. when you go out to the giant oh my gosh huge you know huge uh manufacturing and uh, medicinal complex up john is what became pfizer yeah. <laughs> over time and they were they they still had another program even after they didn't donate that way anymore if you were barb this is you if you're a retiree from there you could donate a thousand they would donate a thousand dollars for retirees that were involved in the organization and my son michael <laughs> the united way every year you had a you could donate yep. to whatever right. And some people did, and my, my son, Michael, donated, I know, at least 10 years, his United Way funds when he was yeah. into the Pride of Scots. But all of that has changed. Oh, yeah, that's all changed so. now. Up, John's. No more. No, John's. <laughs> Pfizer doesn't. One of the other thoughts I have on that note is a lot of other uh, uh, there are folks out there who maybe work for major corporations. A lot of times they may have a donation match where you can donate a portion of money. And though I'm guessing a lot of major corporations don't have Pride of Scots as one of their organizations, a lot of times you can submit considerations for a new organization. That's something that I'm not saying they will, but something worth looking into. Mm -hmm. uh, I, like when I used to work for Apple, they had a thing where you could have if I donated a hundred bucks to something Apple would make it 200 bucks so I don't believe Pfizer does that anymore but there may be but for folks who maybe work for more national <coughs> companies or things like that out there check it out if there's things you want to support in the your local or possibly formally local communities for our folks out there in Texas and Brussels somebody out there listens in Brussels Germany every week I'm gonna find out who it is <laughs> <laughs> I've got to find out who that is because it's so awesome to see these little small town stories reaching people far and wide and still plucking at those heartstrings yeah one thing too we're a farming community so a lot of people working for these bigger companies and stuff is not so much here as it yeah. is we're more into the farming community but that puts up another door <laughs> the feeding or you know the seed companies the milk companies good job there's avenues to explore exactly <laughs> avenues to explore well as we probably should reach just about a closing point here just I want to say thank you to the four of you and everyone with Pride of Scots for all you've done for these communities over gosh what, 30 years plus and then longer than that when we get to the, the, the JC origins but just my thanks again to Jenny, to Barb, to King, and to Ron. And again, one last time, we've got the lasagna supper. Lasagna and dinner is being provided by Dig In Cafe. Of course, that's a local Scots tie with the Simmons family. That's October 21st, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., $15 for adults, $8 for kids. 
and then we've got your bucket raffles, your 50-50 raffles. Those are going to happen 7 o'clock right after dinner. And again, visit the website prideofscots.org. Everybody, thanks for joining us here on Climax the Podcast. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for getting our word out. I certainly learned a lot, and I hope you did too. And there's even more Scots-centric content in the pipeline, hopefully getting that to you real soon in the coming weeks. Thanks again to Jenny, Barb, King, and Ron for joining us this week. The last two episodes I have been mentioning, I wanted to kind of wrap up each show with a community calendar, but so far, nobody's actually sent me anything. So uh, one last chance to put it out there, willing to do this community calendar. It's free plugs to a local and to a degree a worldwide audience. If I don't see any submissions this week, I'm probably just going to shelve it. Maybe try again later, or maybe it'll just stay on the shelf, but still want to try it but I need input from those who want to get their events on the Climax Scots Digital Network community calendar. And to that point as well, obviously we have a new sponsor this week from the business up front. I've had a few other people reach out about different advertisements. In short, yes, advertisements are a possibility, but we do our business up front. I'll probably cover this in more detail before episode 14. But in short, if you want to advertise to local businesses, or maybe you have products or services that can really be offered almost worldwide, shoot me a call, give me an email, anything like that. And again, listeners, if you have any feedback for us or maybe a suggestion for who you think should be on the show, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with Climax the Podcast. You can email climaxthepodcast at gmail.com. You can send a message on any of the social media, or you can give a call or a text to 779-456-6713. And that is going to put a bow on this week on episode 13 Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Make sure you leave those reviews, those likes, share the posts on social media. All of those things just help get more eyes and ears on everything we're doing with Climax the Podcast and Climax Scott's Digital Network. Share the love, for this is Climax the Podcast, love letter to a small town. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys in about a week.